Pops and the Rican. Pops and the Rican. Pops and the Rican. Pops and the Rican. That's going to lead to the question of, okay, how do you guys see the challenges of bringing up these specific topics and not offending, like offending people, the offended, and all this sensitivity that's out there. I, I have, we have a friend, Dave. Um, Dave has a joke. Uh, you know things like gluten joke. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So our friend has a joke about <clears throat> taking his best friend, who's white, to a Black Lives Matter uh, march <laughs> for uh, Eric Gardner. The I can't breathe. Uh-huh. And then he said his white friend was just like, "Oh wow, this opened my eyes. I'm gonna take you to one of our marches." And he took him to a gluten-free yeah. march, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he does a joke. The joke always kills. It's really funny. Yeah. Afterwards. Oh, you know, this white couple comes up. Uh, it's like six of them. And the ladies is like, I was extremely offended by wow. the last joke you did, right? And he's like, oh, what joke? And she's like, the, the joke about the gluten-free. And he goes, really? You were offended? Right. And she goes, my husband, or my, uh, yeah, husband, because she was with her brother. My husband is a New York police officer. So he's like, okay. So, you know, he knew the guy in the Eric Garner. And... And Dave's like, okay. And so she goes, so, so be careful. You never know who's in the audience. And he's like, what? I think you're completely not about anything. And it's not about listening. if yeah. I think Eric Garner is guilty right. or if that guy is guilty. I didn't say anything. Right. about. I could have literally plugged in any march. I could have said anybody. Right. Mm-hmm. I did not say. Like, you're at the point. You just had to find something mm-hmm. wrong. With it. I didn't yeah. say anything about police officers. It's a joke about Gluten, because he goes, yeah, I don't even know what the fuck gluten is, right, and right. pumpernickel is right. killing you guys, and like nothing about it. And it's so, it's like at a point where I think that you either have to be funny or you have to try not to be offensive. Right. And I think like, you know, I think it's like George Carlin said that like if you are not actively <coughs> crossing the line, mm-hmm. and then there's no point in doing. It. Right. Right. And I, I don't try to cross the line to. Just crossing the line. Like, right. I'm not going to say anything. Like, somebody needs to shoot. Uh, like, yeah. I'm going to say yeah. something stupid. Cross right? that line for a reason. I'm going to cross it if I, I think what I have to say is important and funny. If it's yeah. not if either. You're, if you're doing something on purpose yes. for a purpose. Yes. Then right. it, it, it's done. It's clever. Right. Yeah. And, and you're taking the audience in a direction they didn't plan on going when right. they walked through the door. Right. However, if you're just. Okay, this audience looks like if I come up and I say something about, oh, Donald Trump is, yeah. is an idiot. They're oh, well, yeah. Okay. What was funny about me saying that? Right. Okay. Um, right. Yeah. It, it, so I could pretty much get up and say pretty much every politician, they're all idiots. Right. Yeah. That's the truth. Yeah. Right. The same way people saying Donald Trump is an idiot. Right. Because uh, first of all. Uh, why would anybody want that job for any reason whatsoever? Right. Uh, right. I don't care. I don't care who it is. Right. There's there's some sense of uh, 
mental retardation that has right. to go on in, <laughs> yeah. the, in the brains of those people right, yeah. to think, it's, oh, uh, it's I'm going to do it different and everybody's going to love I, me different. No, I, I, mean, I, so, yeah. I joke, I am a, because um, you just remind me, I joke, a, like I am a special ed teacher, right? Okay. And I purpose, uh, and I, I've made this promise to myself before. If somebody was in the crowd with special needs or had a kid with special needs, I want them to laugh at the jokes I make about kids with special needs. I want them to laugh. I right. don't want them to go, if they're offended, then fuck them. Like, because <laughs> yeah. I have purposely made sure that I am not being at all, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. If in any way disrespectful, right? <laughs> and so I have a joke about using the term retard or whatever. And like, I did it at Stand Up For Autism. And like, when they laughed, then I thought like, okay, okay. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Who, I don't care if somebody, contacts my job and says that like right. yeah. if these people laughed and like they really laughed and then like there were kids in the audience laughing but they were laughing <laughs> and everything but i was just like they laughed and they loved the joke so it's just like stuff that's what i feel like if if you're willing to be offensive but it's funny and people are I think we live like in a super sensitive culture sometimes. Yeah, that's, like it's worse, that, especially yeah. with the internet too. Now everything is just instant, right? Yeah. So then they Cancel. take bits and pieces of what was said, right. and it's totally out of context. Right. So it's like, okay, now I gotta explain myself. Right. But you weren't there for the whole set, and right. why I built up to that, yeah. and what was my actual point of view? I think people are actually preferring to be offended because I think they get offended. Yeah, like certain people know what you mean. Like, you could say something, and it's clearly not meant to be offensive, but they're going the extra mile to be offended. Well, that definitely offends me. Right, right. right. Well, did well, you hear that? I, <laughs> I'm going to be offended by what you just said, because I'm, I'm sure, I, I really don't know anybody, but I'm pretty sure someone Somebody. is offended. If, if they would have been here, they would be offended, so I'm so going to be offended for them. Yeah. Exactly. You're going to be a, a, a offended proxy. Right. Did yeah. you, do you remember the Columbia University thing? Where the, 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 it was an Indian comic, and he went and he said that the reason why he knows that you're like born gay is because his best friend is black and gay, and nobody would choose to be both of those things. Right. <laughs> yeah. like, no one looks in the mirror and is like, how can I? No one black looks in the mirror and is like, how can I make my life harder? Gay. Yeah. Yeah. So they cut his mic off. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, oh, so offensive and whatever. And then the Columbia, the university or Columbia University president said this, and then all these people were retweeted it. Yes, that's, that's worse. He goes, as a stand-up comic, I don't think that you should make fun of anything that you are not. And apparently, then, you don't you, know what stand-up yeah, comedy is. And somebody yeah. said, "You are a president of a university. When the hell did you become right. like the comedian right. of like, like what?" And so all these people who were retweeting them, then people were like, how many comedians <coughs> make fun of, you know, Chris Rock makes fun of like white women or white people right, or his parents right. or older people or a lot of male comics make fun of their wives or women in jail, like all these people. But you've decided you can only make fun this right. of, of exactly. what I am. I can only I'm make fun of it, six it. foot, over six feet <laughs> black guys. That's fact. right. That's it. Is, and it because, you, is it because of the fact that they're, the name is not known like Chris Rock? Yeah, like, you know what that's I mean? what somebody so, said. Stuff is, and then, like, since you, you know, we don't really know you. Right. So that makes me mad as a comic, right? So I'm not going to say nobody's name, but Chris Rock's last special, Tambourine, was trash. Was it really? It was garbage. Have you seen it? 
it was Michael Jackson. Yeah, I saw. I saw. I saw. It was Michael Jordan on the Wizards. So here's the there's a term for that, which is horrible. I fell asleep. So I fell asleep on it twice. And the next day I woke up and just watched it again. And several of my comic buddies, several of the ones that's in the chat, were like, oh my God, that was dope. It was brilliant. It was genius. Nobody used the word funny at all. Yeah. So as a comic, your product has to be funny. If I was a chef, my my product has to be delicious. You can't say, oh my this God, this, this was dope. This was brilliant. Right. This dish was amazing. How did it taste? Right. It was dope. Right, but it was, wasn't right. Was it right. delicious? Oh no, it was terrible exactly. as far as taste-wise. So... His, 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 they were defending him against my arguments, but using those same, my defenses against me. So I was like, well, one, none of his premises were developed. You know what I'm saying? He was just basically kind of talking and he would touch on subjects and he was like, oh, he's never developed jokes like that. And I was like, wait, you told me it was brilliant because he had bits and I only had jokes. So basically, you saying he develops his things in, into entire bits, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but my shit ain't developed. What do you mean? So you pole jocking him because right. he's famous. That's right. You pole jocking him because he's Chris Rock. He, right. Yeah. That's what Eddie Murphy said. Eddie Murphy said that, like, technically he writes stuff. He would love to do stand up, but he's Eddie Murphy. Right. So if I do two hour set, the crowd's gonna be laughing. You know, Eddie, because it's comedy. But it's Eddie. Right. You're going to laugh and fall out the seat, and it's going to sell, and it's going to be number one. Not because it's the greatest, because it's Eddie Murphy. Like, so it doesn't really, it's like at this point where you can't really test your stuff out on the crap. But like, here's my, somebody said this, um, like, think of all the comedians of like, just pre-social media, like even 10 years ago. So and like pretty much old people like me. <laughs> no, just anybody before. <laughs> 10 years ago. See, everybody, we got around the pop side of the whole conversation here, finally. Any stand-up uh, hour or half hour from like 1995 to like 2009, you think of the ones that blew out of the water, yeah. and re-watch them now, and watch, if they were coming up now, how many people on Twitter would be off? Ended or hashtag. It was like oh, Patrice O'Neill, Bernie, Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac. Yeah. This whole joke about like his the boy being gay. That would have been canceled. The whole oh, yeah. exactly. county canceled. Patrice O'Neill canceled. Exactly. It's just like all these people. They were saying, uh, yeah, but especially Bernie Mac. Yeah. Bernie Mac is revered as one of the greatest comics out of Chicago and all blah blah blah. But that whole joke about his nephew. That you revere him for. Yeah, that people love, they would have been like, this is disgusting. And just because the young boy is gay doesn't mean, like, you know what I mean? They would have been destroyed. It's all about Trace O'Neill would have been destroyed about what he talks about women. Oh, he wouldn't bash like a mother. Huh? He wouldn't bash like a motherfucker. And so he was like, it's amazing. Look at what people consider the best comedy specials of all time. It's like even, um, uh, I was rewatching Raw, yeah. uh, Eddie Murphy's Raw, mm-hmm. and I didn't really like Delirious. I know most people like Delirious, but I like Raw better. But he's got this joke about uh, whenever he goes to uh, San Francisco, like he always gets pulled over, and it's like woo woo, but it's not a cop; it's just like a gay man on top of the car. <laughs> and it's just like yeah. 
<laughs> and I was just like, oh, God. Like, it's funny, but I'm like, I know, 100%. Because he doesn't say gay, he says fag. But, like, right. that, he would have been torn apart. Yeah, torn. And then I'm going to, like, cancel it. That's why I... And I, it, it, the thing that kills me is when you take the mindset of today mm-hmm. where it's a, a recreational offense is mm-hmm. is the, the the thing everybody wants to be that's the fun thing to do yeah, yeah i like that term. right and when you look back at comedy that just killed right in another time frame right and people today they want to not only do they want to uh, totally Blast yeah. that comedy, but then they want to erase the fact that a the comedy happened, and right. because it happened back then, we need to we need to kill their career at this point moving forward. Right. We're going yeah, to we're going to demolish yeah. them. Yeah, you know, right? And, because and it's just like you're the same people who, when you were a teenager, cried tears of laughter at these right. jokes, yeah. and now you're like, now I'm you're offended. offended. Right. I'm so offended. Yeah. But when we were 10, 9 years old, we all were dying laughing at Eddie Murphy. Yeah. We were dying laughing at well, Eddie Murphy. You, you brought up Bill Cosby a, mm-hmm. a, a little bit ago. Uh, has he done stuff that has, has ruined him in today's marketplace and put him in jail? Yes. Still but his writing and everything that he did and, and his presentation... That stuff, I grew up, and it's I was bright. like, I was like, I want to write in, in such brilliance that you take a story and you have punchlines in the story, and, and it's just, it's a brilliant approach to writing and he was comedy. Good at that, and he yeah. was he and was he, excellent at yeah, it. Yeah, he is the best at it. Like I, for me, I know you know this. The person I wanted to be was Roseanne Barr. When I was a kid, I heard. I turned uh, to HBO. I didn't know who she was. My dad was like, I'm turning whatever. And her first joke to open, I don't even know what special it was. She said something about, like, since moving to Hollywood, they said I need to be more feminine. They said I need to act like a lady. You know, the managers, agents. And I tell them to suck my dick, right? My dad was like, turn this off. And I was like, who is that? Like, I, she looked so comfortable to me, like, on stage. Like, she was just relaxed. She wasn't like... Paula Poundstone with the blazer right. on. She had like a moo And then her right. show, I watch her show every night of my life since I've been like uh, six or seven years old. I, watch, I loved Roseanne. Like, Roseanne is a person. Like, I loved Eddie. I thought he was funny. When I saw Roseanne and how she talked, I was like, I could do comedy. Like, if that's how yep. you do comedy, I can do it. If she could say whatever the fuck she wants to say, I wanted to be Roseanne. Okay. So when Roseanne, I always was conscious of the fact that Roseanne is not wrapped too tight. <laughs> yeah, like normally, you know, like, right. when she was with Tom Arnold, and then she's like saying that, um, and they like get married, and when she's saying the Star Wars, I like I knew she was crazy, but um, and on that show, right. she is funny, and there's there, there is right. no woman even in the top ten of comedy lists who is even close to Roseanne. She's okay. number nine, I think, on the top comics of all time. But it's just like so people are like, hey, you want to cancel Roseanne? Fuck no. Like, I never thought, because, yeah, Tiffany Haddish said something about, like, oh, I said Roseanne, and I think she's low-key racist. I'm like, I do not care if she is a member of the clan. 
Just like when you came in the, to my hotel room, was I watching Roseanne? You're I watched Roseanne. Roseanne. I loved Roseanne. I loved, I wanted to be her on stage. So, so I don't want to be her in real life. I can separate the two. The two. Right. So now here's the thing, and I think this is a, a, a trait that needs to be something that everybody inherits and not just on one level. So as comics, we let things go. We look at things first as comics. We're comics first, male second, black, white, thick, you know, all of that. We, if we see it and it's, we like, we know he definitely should be saying it, but man, that shit was funny. We get on the phone, hey, you hear what Buddy's saying? I know he can't say, but boy. Yeah. That's how we look at things. And and they say, like with R. Kelly and Bill Cosby, can you separate the man from the art? Absolutely. But then they act like you can't because they feel like the art was influenced by them. So? You know, like they feel like, for instance, like they say, if, if R. Kelly's music was influenced by what he was doing with these young people, then it makes it like there's a blend. If Bill you Cosby's still have, I believe, stories, I can fly. Right. If Bill Cosby's stories, school. right. <laughs> It was so funny. It's so inspirational. <laughs> there's, a, there's a comedian. Nobody like, listens to I Believe I Can Fly and say I'm going to go fuck children. Right. Uh, there's a comedian. He's a preschool teacher. He said his kids love this song. So he, he closed the door and was like, okay, I'm going to play this song, but don't tell him about it. Don't tell him about it. Like, this is so funny. Right. Everybody's like, why can't we say it? Nah, okay, don't worry about it. to this anymore. He, he recorded this song 20 years ago. Right. Just be quiet. Uh, right, which is crazy. Yeah. So you have to be able to separate the two and accept the good that they've done regardless because if if you build a house for orphans and then you go shoot a bunch of people those orphans still got a place to live (laughs) you can't say all right come out of the house get back on the streets come on i I seriously it'd be one thing if you built the orphanage and then you went and shot the orphanage right right? yeah then you shot up the orphans i got y'all in here that's just entrapment it's a wash it's a wash sir I, i have a thing though i think that that's why I, I posted on Facebook. I'm not with the cancel. I don't give a fuck what, what you did anymore. Because, like, everybody's okay until it's the person that they really fuck with. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not a big Bill Cosby fan. I know Bill Cosby's a great writer, but I met Bill Cosby when I was a kid. And I, I never liked his opinion on, like, black youth and, like, pull your pants up and all this. I never really, like, liked him. I hated the whole doctor lawyer thing. I thought it was shit. I, I don't know why. I just, I never fucked with the show. I hated a different world. Made me not want to go to college. I just, I didn't like him. At all. So when they came for Bo Cosby, I was kind of like, eh, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I love R. Kelly's music. So that's when I started realizing. And then it's like Liam Neeson's now, like the cancel Liam Neeson. And then it's like cancel fucking goddamn. Now, um, then it's just like cancel Ariana Grande. Then people like cancel Demi Lovato for laughing at 20. Then I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Because it's, you're going to keep coming for every single person. It's going to be a hashtag cancel somebody. I'm going to fuck this person. <laughs> Fucking blow up. So what the problem is? I'm gonna be like, and I I guess I'll be the person that says it. The problem is, we're in USA high school, where everybody is rushing to say what they think everybody else is going to agree with. Oh, we shouldn't listen to R. Kelly's music because he's a a rapist and a pedophile and. 
yada 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 because they think they're getting the jump on everyone else saying it and with the introduction of the internet we're all connected now instantly so now the world is split on our especially chicago chicago is dead split on our but see, this it, it's not split it's like me and these teachers i you know work at a school it's an all-white school in the uh, north shore and like so what these teachers put on Facebook is like, I am heartbroken and whatever, which is true. I don't right. fault them, right? right? But then, um, you know, when we're sitting there at the table, this teacher was like, I was working out this morning and R. Kelly's feeling on your booty came on and I, I just, I turned it up. I There's love that song. Entire, and it's just like, yeah. you, There's generations that are here right, but because of like, him. And it's just like, I, I get what she's saying because she felt like, honestly, like, I feel so disappointed in myself because I love that song, right? I like, but it's just like, you still don't like what this person does, but it's hard to, because she was like, I didn't even watch the whole documentary because I love his music so much. Mm. And I know that's gonna make me feel a certain. It's like, it's like, like for instance, Liam Neeson. It it makes me be like, I don't, I don't get what the purpose of it is. Does that make sense? Like, I don't get what the end goal is. Are we just gonna have like, is our leader like, is the person that's gonna be remaining just like some nondescript race, right, right. non-gendered <laughs> <Binary>. person? <Yeah. laughs> Like a Ken doll, everybody has their own opinions <laughs> and what works for them. You know what I'm saying? So the, the weird thing about it is, I think that a lot of people are disappointed in the fact that they're doing this, and it really doesn't matter. His sales skyrocketed after that documentary. Wow. The thing that I hate, I think, was this wrong. What our society is that we think that because people are famous, they're like these perfect people, and then when we find out that they're not, right. we yeah. want to tear them down so bad. Like yeah. it's, I think we, I think we have lost a, a a time where we could agree to disagree agreeably. Yeah. Right. And then just and it's okay. Right. right. Okay. If you have an opinion on something and I have a differing opinion mm -hmm. we could have dialogue and, and say well help me understand you where you're coming from I want to I want to hear your opinion so right. that I I may still never agree with your opinion right. and you may never agree with mine but we can still be friends and we and can walk away unmurdered and right, we, right. Can, we can still laugh and, right. and, 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 bring, and, and bring funny and, and right. but at the end of the day we're gonna Right. We're still going to disagree there, right? But let's not focus on that. Let's 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 admit to it and then say, okay, how can we get back to being funny? Right? Because yeah, that's what like, we want to go back. That's, that's all ultimately, matters. that's what it matters. Right? Yep. Like I feel like if you're trying to get like politics and like what law, like you need to be dealing with politicians. If you're trying to laugh yeah. and like the point of laughing is just to forget all that other shit yeah. and, or and make fun of it. It's all in jest. Don't yeah, but people take shit seriously. It's, you know, I, I and I don't talk about it uh, like publicly to make a big point out of it. But uh, I am a fairly conservative person. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't necessarily agree with everything President Trump do, does right. or anything like that. But you know, as a conservative, mm -hmm. he's the president. We need right. to do what we can. Okay. That's that's my own personal opinion. Right. I don't get up on stage and say, 
Well, I expect you, you all to believe same. like me, and right. uh, but that's what you know. Right. But in fact, this last week, when I, I was I was actually on stage uh, the night of uh, the uh, State of the Union address. Okay. And and I thanked everybody. Uh, hey, I really appreciate you guys coming out for uh, for live comedy because you could have stayed at home and seen comedy on the uh, Mistake of the Union. Right. Address. Right. 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 Exactly. And and everybody was like, "Oh, that's funny," and. The, it was funny because I got off stage and a couple of guys said, no, I'm, 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 I'm a pretty, pretty conservative. They're like, you got up and you called it the mistake of the union address and you made fun of, I was like, because that was funny. Right, exactly. It doesn't change the fact that I come from, to my, my viewpoint, my life viewpoint is going to be from that more conservative aspect. Right. But if... Making fun of my own life viewpoint is funnier than, than trying to convince the entire room because to adopt my viewpoint. Exactly. I'm gonna you go to the have to understand that I am a comic first. Exactly. Right. I'm going to I, I love I'm going I love for the laugh. I was like, born, am I trying to convince y'all to come with me and join me, right. or am I trying to make y'all laugh? That's exactly. what I'm trying to do. I, like I was that. born at 2:22 p.m., but at 2:21, the comic <laughs> me was born. <laughs> right. Yeah. Comic it's first, sir. Right. So if it's funny, it's funny. That's like when I say when I write jokes, I go for the part that's not nobody is on that yet. So that doesn't mean that I don't have an opinion on these other two, four, right. against. But the one that's funny is the one that's going on right. stage. Right. Yeah, it's that's what I think. Because I feel to be like funny. otherwise yeah. you're preaching to the choir. Why am I going to say, yeah, of course, Bow Wow should not, a woman should not put her hands on me. I don't, don't want to say that in comedy. Like, right. you know, I want to start it, but I don't Yes, we know this. Nobody should put their hands on anybody. Now right. let's get to We're some funny shit about this. Right. Yeah. Right. You should already know the shit. If you're here, right. you're, you're going team. to a comedy show. You right. should expect to get punched in the face yeah. with a joke. Right. Oh, and, oh, I didn't expect that. Right. And but, as a comic, you should have such deep conviction in the funny right. of what you're delivering right. that you're willing to take a punch in the face mm -hmm. for, for, right. your, for yeah. your own punch. Or, yeah. And then, you know? as, as Smitty B. always say, you can fuck that. It was funny to me. It's right. funny. funny. You know, it's, funny you're going to laugh later, okay? After right. Being right. You just don't want to laugh in front of these people because you're too scared to be you mm. in front of everybody. Mm. Uh, Roseanne said that in a book, it's called, uh, damn, I think it's called What's So Funny or something like that. She said that uh, women generally, but it, it goes probably even more now, have a hard time laughing at. So she was saying like, you could do a comedy show and as a woman, she was talking about female comics, mm -hmm. a woman can uh, do a comedy show and say, uh, women need to learn how to suck dick better or something like that. And the men will laugh and the women will laugh, right? And she says, uh, men, you all have really small dicks and I'll tell you why. The men, no men are going to start laughing, right? Right. The women are going to be like, they can't really laugh because the dude's going to be like, what the fuck are you laughing at? Yeah. Well, my dick's not small, so what are you laughing at? You're talking about an old dude you were with? Who, who so, you've been looking at. Right. right. So she said, it, it's amazing because what you burst out laughing at is what you agree with. And people don't want to burst out laughing if nobody else is bursting out laughing. Like, if you say something about abortion and someone's like, ah, ha, 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 you're like, so you had crazy. Crazy. <laughs> right? right right but if no one else laughing they're like that's a crazy abortionist over there you know what i mean like so mm -hmm. i was like that that is true but she was just like and women in or women in the audience usually tend to be the most reserved people because mm -hmm. they don't want to laugh about 
You know, a lady can be pregnant. They're not going to talk about sex. Like listen to all the trap music. Right, yeah. All the bitches and hoes. Right, yeah, but I'm not going to talk about it. Everything else, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, yeah, so I always think of that. So she always said that don't necessarily take a non-laughter. Or you sometimes if you throw out how you be throwing out crazy statements. If people don't laugh or start clapping, you know. Just blink. Blink twice if you're with me. I know, I know you're with me. I know you heard me. I mean, people right. have their reasons why they don't want to laugh. If you're with me and you agree with me, you just keep just keep breathing. Right, yeah. Everyone's breathing. Right. If, you, if you don't agree with me, go, go ahead and stop breathing now. Right. I, had a, I had a lady leave. She walked out of a theater in the front row because, and it wasn't even, so here's what happened. I went up maybe fifth, sixth, I don't know. But several of the comics that went up before me, including Leon, spoke about domestic violence. And I don't know what exactly they said, and I know everybody wasn't for domestic violence or whatever the case may be. I get up and all of a sudden I say one thing about domestic violence. This lady loses it. I move on. She's still going nuts. And I'm like, lady, shut up. Because you're ruining the show for everybody else. And you're going to get the shit beat out of you eventually. You just keep talking. So finally they came in and got her. But I was like, lady, it's not that serious. So obviously you've had, you've been beat before. You've been a victim of domestic violence. I know somebody that has. And and the entire room can see why. You are. She was. She was. But. But the entire room felt like she was going f- entirely too far. Mm. I right. guess it's probably because you start, I guess you start, see domestic, like that stuff, I think what offends people, um, if it can't be seen on the outside, I think some, some of that stuff you, people take too far. Like if you are talking about women, you know I'm a woman in the audience. You're talking about black people, you know I'm black. But if you're talking about domestic violence, nobody knows unless I stand up at a show and be like, right. oh, I'm done. Yeah, so comment, she might started to take it like. My comment was um, hitting a woman isn't right. I don't believe in hitting a woman. I think it's not effective because they're more ticklish than anything. Yeah. That was the, I was the only person that said anything like that. Everybody else was like, hitting bitches, not hitting bitches, whatever. And all of a sudden she was like, you ain't, fuck you. And you ain't, like, really? I'm talking about tickling them. Right. Right. The fuck? I was like, well, it's apparent that you got. <laughs> just last right. week, somebody wrapped me in cellophane and then tickled me, and it was just so abusive. She's like, don't take me to that place. I can't, women, I can't, I can't go back. Women are terrified of being tickled. Women, you women, can take me. Just don't tickle me again. Mentally, they're prepared to be punched in the face over being tickled. Don't fuck tickle me. So, in traffic okay uh, I don't want us to run out of time because okay. I know okay. you I know you guys yeah, have to prep for a show tonight yeah. and and but we uh, we appreciate you taking wow. the time to give back this has been this has been phenomenal in fact uh, because we had two guests we may split the show and do two segments so we have we have two different weeks of shows uh, but before we go uh, I want to ask both of you uh, what in your time of doing comedy, mm-hmm. what's the best 
uh, advice that somebody gave to you to push you towards uh, towards towards the goal for your career? What, what what's the best advice on comedy that you've been given by anybody? Whether it's whether it's another comedian, the best or advice else? I was given, and I think it's very basic advice. Um, and I think the new generation in, uh, in Chicago didn't get this advice or they don't have the benefit of this. But I met D. Ray Davis in Door 21. He probably don't remember this. Um, in maybe 2001, 2002. And I was like, hey, you know what? I'm thinking about doing comedy. What would you, what advice would you give me? And he said, do a lot of open mics. There's a mic there, perform. And I think that that by far is the best advice you can give anyone because you're not, there's no book that's going to tell you how to do comedy. Right. Mm -hmm. You have to bump your head a lot because technically you're in the dark and you got to feel around and say, okay, here's the door. Here's the doorknob. I got to open it. So when you do that, you're training yourself to know better. And, and you got to watch comedy. You got to be at all of the shows. If you ain't if you ain't got nothing to do, you need to be at a show watching. What are they doing? You know, how are they doing it? Like just like if you were trying to, you know, lose weight, exercise and whatnot. When you go in the gym, most of the time you're not paying for a trainer. You gotta watch what somebody else oh, that's how you do that. Oh, okay. I was doing that all wrong last week. Okay. So you have to be at all the shows. If they gotta open if they gotta sign up, when they gonna let you go up, go up. You know, some people, like, uh, I don't know if you know Mia, but Mia refused to get on stage. Yeah. She wants to be a comic, and she just refuses to go up. I'm yeah. like, hey, if yeah, you I don't... I teach adults, I teach adults uh, stand-up. They refuse to do it. Oh, Mike, what? what are, it's like learning to swim on the side of the pool. Like, at some point, you have to jump in. Right. Like, I can teach. I can't teach you this stuff. Exactly. That open mic. And she was like, well, I'm scared and I got real bad stage fright. You're supposed to have that. Right. If you don't have that, then you so should. <laughs> like, the times that I bombed, <laughs> I was completely so confident. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is going to be amazing. I'm dope. I killed my first show. I'm dope. I am dope. It's got up like there. Saying, it's kind of like saying, I want to be a bodybuilder, but I don't want to go to the gym and lift weights. Right, yeah. yeah. It's it's gotta, it's me and I do work. work. Right. You got to do that. And it's not going to all happen on the same day, but you, I mean, yeah, you get your books and find out the, the actual textbook form of how to do this. Like we talk about Bill Cosby and how he writes. There's a, it's an art form, but there's an actual formula to what he does and what all of us. So we may not know how to put it in writing. Right. But it's there. There's a formula to how to do this. Right. And all you got to do is figure it out for yourself. Because it's different for each of us, right. you know. So, so what's the best advice somebody gave to you? Um, Don't be fucking these comics, <laughs> right? No. <laughs> yeah, after I fucked like twelve of them. No. I'm, uh, uh, he's like, oh well, Jesus. Um, um, I guess I tried to. Uh, I, I I spent a lot of time uh, trying to probably be more like who I thought was funny instead of being like myself. I'm not, I'm not, I have a very different background, not just from black people, from people. Uh, so I, I try to like, especially being with Hannibal and I realize that Hannibal does like 10 minutes of his set with all in auto tune. Like, okay, if he can do this, like, not like I want to do, but you know what I'm saying? Like there's an audience, I can, I can be myself 
Um, and whoever, like, fuck with it, fuck with it. Um, but I think, like, the coolest advice I ever got, you know, like, when you ever ask somebody for advice and then they just say something cool and shit like that? Um, and when I was in Chicago theater and I got to open for Dave Chappelle and we were backstage and he was smoking a cigarette and I wanted a cigarette so badly, but I was just like, I literally said that. I'm like, damn, I wish, like, I want a cigarette too or whatever. And Dave was like, all you have to do is get famous and you can do whatever the fuck you want to do and say whatever the fuck you want to say. Watch me, right? And then you went out. And his opening joke is, why do these white kids keep shooting up schools? And they just all start laughing. And I'm like, that's so crazy. Because he just said it and he smoothly went on stage. And it, like, the room was tense because he said this. And I, I don't even remember what his next following line was, but it hit so hard that, like, and I'm like, this is Dave Chappelle. And he's super educated. He's raised by teachers. Like, so he's never going to throw out a line like that and not come back with something that he's thought of. Like, didn't you say he writes 40 different punchlines? 40 punchlines for his jokes, for yeah. his premises. Yes. And That's so he hit something. And it wasn't just a typical, like, oh, what's wrong? Like, white kids versus black kids, stuff like that. He said talking about the stuff in Florida. And he went into, like, all this other stuff. And he closed with going back to... Um, you know, school shootings and stuff like that. And I thought, like, he's opening a set about school shootings, and he's got the crowd, like, dying laughing. Like, he's literally saying what he just said, which is, I'm saying whatever I want to. He didn't add in the fact, we know the fact that he's smart, and he's coming right. up with 40 punchlines. So he's not... Um, right, he put in the work. He's, it's yeah. thought through. Right. Um, like, mm-hmm. so, just ran. so I guess, like, rounded up, besides that being famous, you can say whatever you want to. Um, there's, you know the dude, uh, I don't know if you know him by name, he does the Sonic commercials, him and another comic. Yeah. Thanks, TJ Jagodowski. And he used to be my improv teacher. And so he had this um, theory that he had heard, not necessarily from Dave Chappelle, but from somebody who worked with Dave Chappelle, um, and they call it, like, third thought or third afterthought, which is kind of like what Dave Chappelle's doing, but he's doing 40th thought, which is like, if you think of a joke, even if you're just like, oh, did you see the news of Donald Trump or whatever, your first punchline is what 99% of the audience would come up with. That's going to be the most pedestrian. Yeah, that's easy. Your second one, maybe 50%. Your third one, maybe 15%. Anything after that is elite comedy gold. So if you constantly think about like I'm, I'm throwing away my first three jokes. I'm, or not the first three jokes, but first my, punch yeah, my first yeah. three yeah. punches to yeah. this, I'm yeah. just throwing them out. Um, and then I'm going with stuff after that. That's when you are elite. Because then people are like, oh, I would have never thought of that. Yeah, Like I thought he was going to say, you know, because yeah. Yeah, they were saying, like, how many comments? Oh, and, you know, Donald, Donald Trump looks like a Cheeto, you know, right. something like that. Like, that's 99% and everybody of Everybody is right. saying. A Dorito, that's, that's 50%. On that's, that yeah, was that's, a Facebook post or a Yeah, meeting. like, you gotta yeah. go. To be deep, honest with you, deep, deep. I think that that's what's going to distinguish us from internet comics. Internet comics are go saying what the, everybody else is saying. Yeah, they go with everything. And that's. That's and the it's easy just, punchline. It's get, get the quick pedestrian punchline out there. Yeah, right. That's and, everybody. That's and, what they were expecting you to say. On, you know, that's yeah. very. But, but us, you are very forgetable. We'll say something on stage, 
and then get off stage and be like, oh, I could have said this. Right, this. right. Yeah. So yeah. that's how our shit develops. So the next time we're like, I'm putting that in there. Right. And it happens over and over. Oh, shit. Oh. It's, it's one of the things, you know, well, we've actually talked about at least uh, on one of the podcasts. Yeah. Uh, Von Each has a book that he wrote called uh, Whack on the Side of the Head. Okay. It's a book on creative thinking. And one of the points that he makes in the book is we are, as a society, we're plagued with the fact that we think there's one right answer. Right. right. Yeah. That's and, how we talk. Yeah. And we, so we, we find one right answer and we're like, okay, oh, we got it. it. Run to the stage. Yeah. Right. But the reality is, in just about every situation in life, there are many right answers. Mm-hmm. And if you can find as many right answers as possible, and then you can select the best of the right, right answers, answers. Right. you're going to be that much farther ahead of the game. Yeah. And so when you think of Chappelle's uh, approach of 40 punchlines, then, he's, he, then <laughs> he can sit back and go, okay, out of the 40, right. which is the best of the, of the, the right. 40, then he hits this with that line, and everybody goes, wow, that's freaking gold. Right. It's brilliant. And then you and do it, it is so because much. he's done the work. It's right. now, it's not happening when you leave the stage. It's happening On while stage. you're saying the first punchline and you're like, oh, let me say this. Wait, right. When he said, when he did that bit where he started at the end of the joke. Yeah. And then was like, okay, later on, I'll, I'll tell you why I just said that. Because he led with it. He led with the punchline. Boom, hit him with the punchline. Everybody's like, okay. He's like, it's gonna make sense, you know, later on. And then he was telling the joke, and he came back to that. And it was like he started with the punch rather than, you know, yeah. setting it up. And you know what's right. weird? I'm like, you're at a point where he's thinking stuff. Like, like, like oh, I'm Yeah. When he said that, this is what distracted me, right? I write my jokes backwards as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'll write the punchline and find a reason to say that punchline. Yeah. And I was like, I do that same yeah. shit. And, that wild and then it was like, and I kicked her in the pussy. And I was like, what the fuck? Right. He got me. Right, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about that. I'm right. still sitting on, I write jokes backwards as well. Right. And that's, that's, that's wild. That's awesome. So what you're saying is, uh, Dave Chappelle stole your method of writing. Right, yeah. He stole it from me. That was right. me first. Like, <laughs> I know he was doing it at 15, and I, but it was me. Me first. Right. Yeah, that cool. happens all the time. Yeah. Oh, and also my other bit of advice, I think Eddie said something like this, like, he never wanted to be, um, you know a lot of comics are depressed, mm-hmm. uh, depressed people, or de- uh, deal with depression and stuff. That's just a real thing. Right. He said that he, he wasn't that type of person, right? Not like that makes him better, but he wasn't, he felt like some comics push themselves to that dark place mm-hmm. to, to become to better writers, well, what they thought. Like, okay, I'm not a good enough writer, so I'm going to start doing heroin and yeah, crack, yeah, yeah. like the other good writers. writers right. You know what I'm saying? I'm staying out all late. And they I'm pick a, dumb shit about him. Well, he does crack cocaine. He also writes for four hours a day. <laughs> right, you right. Try that? They pick the dumb shit. They, I'm going to go to a dark place and see if I can pull up something deeper right. than, you know. Um, he always said he wants to be a happy comic. Mm-hmm. Happy. Mm-hmm. I, like, I literally want to be having fun. I want to say shit, like we were saying, that's funny to me. Right. Hopefully they find it funny, but yeah. I want to be laughing. I want to be having a good time. Right. Like, I want to be joyful, not... That's not one like thing it. that I wanted to tell Lisa last night. Um, is that Liz? Liz, her too. Yeah. I was gonna tell both of them. Uh, <laughs> Liz, Lisa. Lisa. So when Atlanta. when when comics start, they, they start with the labia. Anybody with an L name? All of y'all. Come I on. wanted to tell all of them. 
there's so a girl other than Lady, your parents. They tend to be. <laughs> they hate your ass. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you pregnant? Lady. No! <laughs> Fuck her. Name her labia. Labia. That's what fuck them teachers, baby. Right, yeah. We're not they calling you that. They're going to say some labia? No. Well, you'll be, you're going to be Larry in this classroom. Got it? So when I say Larry, you answer. But, um, I think one of the, the biggest things that, the biggest mistakes that new comics make when they come in is that they're too uh, robotic. Okay. They're reciting their jokes. Yeah. And, and waiting for approval. Yeah. Um, and you have to, it's, it's something that you, you, I guess, have to learn or grow into. It has to, you know, be a part of you. But if you tell those jokes and have fun with it and kind of, I don't want to say don't care because if you're not getting laughs, you're not getting booked. So, right. But you have to have some sort of, yeah, you to, like to find what you're saying, like the, the creative thinking. If you are too, like, I have this joke now, I think, like, I think you have to, some jokes. I could have never written. Yeah. I had to just be right. on stage and they naturally yeah. have. Yeah. Right. And the organic, I could never. The organic approach. Yeah, like right. it, it has to seem organic. Right. Like, yeah, it just, I couldn't sit home and like. It feels like yeah. you're reading it from a teleprompter. Right. And you're giving us physical cues as to when the, you know who did that a lot and I hate it? Chris, is it Chris Boss? Chris Boss? 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 <laughs> he used to do riddles back when Trauma was hosting riddles. On Monday, I don't know. and every time he would tell a joke, once he finished his punchline, he would do this. Right, <laughs> it's, it's almost like, yeah. right. Oh. And I was just like, stop doing that. I got my own little uh, rim shot going on in my, in my head, and I'm letting you know when the symbol right. And laughing now. There we go. And laughter. Right. Stop it. It was like nails on the chalkboard. I was like, come on, man. Have you ever seen people on stage? I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. No, go ahead. Have you ever seen people on stage who are so committed to their set? I saw, where the fuck was I? I saw a person so committed to their set that I saw the waitress. She tripped and dropped all these glasses. He just kept. So then my mom, right? She she called me. He didn't respond. There's a a woman on the ground. She cut her hand. Are you not responding to this? Marvin Dixon. Like, I hate people. Read people are room. so, yeah, just relax. Yeah. And, yeah, read the room. Marvin Dixon was getting heckled, and he did not stop with his set. I watched him. His set was so, like, strongly delivered. Yeah. He was just boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And somebody started to heckle him, and he just kept going. Like, nope, you're not. You're gonna stop me. Not happening. It's disturbing to me. There are people that. That's kind of their their approach to it. To right. dealing with a heckler right. is, yeah. I'm just I'm ignoring the fact yeah. that you're even here. Yeah. Right. And if if I'm ignoring it with such conviction, maybe the, the, the audience, audience will, will as well. Yeah. So that's on one that way to deal with a heckler. Well, but when when you have an happens. entire tray of Drinks glasses and, and the lady stuff. starts bleeding and everybody like, oh, are you okay? And then like, that's just so like, then my mom called right, and I tell my. Well, fuck it's mom. It's, it's, one thing to, it's one thing to ignore a heckler, but uh, to ignore the a, a, bleeding, a bleeding person. Right. Yeah, and I, that makes me like. You have to address certain me, things. You yeah. have studied your set so much, and you aren't letting. You're, you're not leaving yourself room to like. Yeah. Like, you could breathe. possibly get a joke. Yeah. Not like saying you have to make fun of it. But right. You could be like, are you all right? You know. Yeah, they definitely fuck fire this carpet. Her. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. If you need a job, like, you can say anything, like, but 
the it, like that yeah. person set was over. That happened in the first like ten mm-hmm. seconds, but that person set was over because the audience was kind of like, oh man, this person yeah. they didn't even care. Fucking care. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking weirdo. <laughs> listen to you you, right. see, you see you see your dump a, a bunch of drinks and it's like uh you get a free drink right as long as you can lick it off the right floor. yeah yeah something like hey. that. it's carpet you i know, know it's gonna take it's your carpet it's gonna yeah. suck it up make somebody yeah. make the straw's not gonna work man the straw's not gonna work you can move oh, yeah. because what happens is i don't the think focus just was like yeah. so now you're telling jokes and hoping that focus you have to control that but i think mm. people are scared to be on the fly, like yeah, how you just, right. said, well, just say I, something really. I feel like no matter what you say in this situation, you will get a, <laughs> a sponsor. Yeah, yeah some yeah. people will relax. Okay, yeah, he, yeah. he saw that too. <laughs> but, and I will say, because we've talked a little bit about you starting out with mm-hmm. improv. Yeah. Uh, doing improv, has, that's one of the things that helped me yeah. to be in the moment. In the moment, mm-hmm. yes. To where yes, I didn't have something prescribed if that happened. Right. But because I have done improv, right. when something happens, you're like, okay, I'm going to accept it's my that. wheelhouse right, right here. I'm going to accept it, Wait, and no, I'm going to do something with it. Right. And so I'm you really, keep I'm rolling. Like, yes, and this right. Mug right now. And, right. I, I, and think I think a lot of people that's where if you got you got young comics, like you were saying, they're they're up there reading cue cards. Yeah, right. they are. They, they, to the point where stopped. sometimes it's almost like they're, they're reading cue cards. Yeah. They're reading cue cards from somebody else that wrote that. They didn't. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like they're delivering something they didn't even write. Right. Don't you have any emotion? And I'm like, yeah. what's what what's your the fuck was it? <laughs> yeah, like, are you are you a well, you have to, or, but right. also I don't think that you know we seem so much like finished products mm-hmm. that it seems like there's only one way to be a comic. And like I was saying on the ride up here, there's certain qualities. There's like thousands of boxes you can check. Not all of us possess, you know, the same qualities that. that at a certain level. Some of us are checking other boxes. You, you're not on the same journey. You know, so you you have to really be looking at, you know, right now you starting off, this is your first day, you got no boxes checked. You know, right. your first box is get on the stage. On stage. It's probably probably the first box is you probably want to write you got to check all of these boxes get all of these milestones and be like okay this is this is something that's good about what i do and these other boxes are empty so i'm terrible there so you got to start checking those boxes but there's thousands of boxes yeah. and you may not you've been comedy for 10 years and may not have some simple boxes checked but right. it, it it works for you right that's true yeah. you know so and i i say to young comics all the time write write some jokes and then get on stage and deliver. And I, and, I, and, I, and I always go back and, and I always go back and clarify this. Write write some jokes. Don't try to write fantastic, great jokes. Write some jokes now. Just write some jokes and get up. You're a they, they will, they will become good. Nobody wants to do part two. They do not want to get on stage. Yeah. I even heard Seth MacFarlane, who you know, Family Guy and mm-hmm. American Dad. He start. He did stand up when he first started out, not because he wanted to be a stand up comic, because he wanted to get comedic timing, yeah. so he could write uh, for Family Guy. Like he was just like I, right? He goes, I couldn't write Family Guy and couldn't write American Dad if I didn't do stand up because I couldn't get how jokes should be delivered. So once I get comedic timing well, then it, he's like it's different for com- uh, comedy movies than it is for cartoons or whatever. Like I wanted to make a. A sophisticated enough cartoon where I had the timing down, so that's why I do start doing stand up. But like, like I said, I teach adults, 
who this is week seven, they have not gone to do stand-up yet. And they have a show at the end of class. They haven't. And I keep telling them, no, 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 no. Because I'm like, we sit here in class. It's this light in class. And chairs are sitting there. It's totally different in a bar where people are ordering drinks. Yep. The TV's on. on. There. Yep. And you realize that you got to project your voice. To the back of the room. To the back of the room. You have to get people's attention. You have to walk around. You have to make eye contact with people you've never yeah. seen before. The first time that I did comedy college, which is, is a class on stand-up comedy uh-huh. that, I, that I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time that I did it, uh, I... I said it to everybody that was wanting to come to the class. Okay, uh, we're going to have the class, and then we'll do a showcase. Oh, I, I, I don't really want to be part of the showcase. Right. Okay. Here's, then don't here's come the deal. To class. Here's the deal. Uh, you can take the class. Why are you paying? You can take the class for for eighty five dollars, and that includes the showcase. Or you can take the class and not have to do the showcase, but you're going to pay. $250. Tell me people didn't pay the $250. And they were like... They were that, that terrified? They were like, wait a minute, that doesn't... And I never had anybody say, I'm going to pay the $250. Because <laughs> yeah. I but, know people would do that. But that's but that's <laughs> kind of the... That was the kind of the thing. Okay, if you're coming in before you even take the class mm-hmm. and, you, and you learn that you can do this. Right. And then you're not as terrified I ain't give a shit back. <laughs> but I'm like... You can you can take the class right. and just do that, but you're gonna pay more. Right. And the point because of that you, was one way or another, you're gonna pay right. for them to say that don't make sense, and yeah. you say exactly. Yeah. But see, the thing is, it's like you know, it it just oh god. I I tell my students all the time because this is the fourth time I've taught at Second City. I teach at Second City, and I tell them that they think that by week eight they're gonna have this this confidence surge that comes over. And I'm like, uh, every time I get on stage, I am deathly terrified. Yeah. I, I'm not, I don't feel cool unless I've been smoking weed or, or something I shouldn't have been doing. And if I am dead sober, I am terrified. I am nervous. I try to go through all the things. I know my jokes. I know how to deliver them. So hopefully it goes well. So I always try to teach them to try to get a joke in Especially when you do in the first thirty seconds, yeah. like yeah. that that yeah. first laugh, right yeah. yeah, right at the beginning. Even if it's about the music that was just played or somebody in the audience. That's how yeah. nervous I used to be. Is just, I needed to get my first punchline out. Yeah, immediately. that's what I told him. Yeah. That takes your nervousness down to a level five. If you get the first laugh yeah. out, then it's just like okay, now I just gotta keep making them laugh. But if you yeah. started with a fucking four minute story with one punchline and you. And that's what I'm like, you've taken them, your set's almost done with. And, yeah. and then you're like, and then she said. Right, and then they sit there like. And then yeah. you don't get that laugh. The one thing that, that, the one thing that I, I stress heavily is when somebody goes to a comedy show, mm-hmm. they want you to be funny. Yeah. Oh they, yeah. That's I don't know anybody that then. says, we don't want, I'm going to go pay, for you, like, I'm yeah. going to go pay, and I hope. On a weekend, I hope these guys at an open mic, they they kind of be like, other other comics. Right, yeah. But on a weekend, I know they I'm, I'm, be- I'm not better than him. Right, so right. I hope yeah, he likes it. Funny, you know, but I'm not gonna laugh. Right, right. But when you go out and you're paying money right. to see a show, you want it to be you want them, them to, to be you know, successful. I, I, I didn't I didn't go see Eric Clapton pay play going. 
I hope yeah. I hope he's all I thumbs. Hope he's strings. I just hope he's all thumbs and he can't make even a good he can't make one note. You gotta give all his people his money back tonight. I, I teach my students how not to look nervous. Yeah. Um, that's the and funny that's a thing. major yeah. thing. I take them like take the mic out, move right. the stand. Get comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Get comfortable. No hands in the pocket, no no uh a lot you of them, you never know, know I'm nervous, I'm leaning all on the wall. Yeah, but I said you can physically do whatever with your body that makes you think you don't look nervous but that like is shaking right, <laughs> and it's like oh because i'm like then the crowd gets uncomfortable for you like yeah, oh right. this person's nervous right. and then they start they like, get nervous yeah for you. i'm like yeah just how you said they want you to be successful and if you're nervous then they get nervous They're you like, cannot oh, this do stand-up comedy in theory you yeah. just gotta get on stage. Yeah, yeah. And it goes the other the other thing that I I stress whether it's in class or uh, when we run an open mic or even even if I'm producing shows, I say it at every one of the shows. The most important thing I want you to get out there and have fun. Right. Mm-hmm. Because if you're up there on stage and you're having fun, the audience came to have fun, and if you're having fun, they're gonna have fun with you. So just. That was a box I had to proactively check. Right. So I was getting on stage, and I was just telling jokes, but I wasn't having fun. Right. So now that I have fun, I can say whatever the hell I want. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I'd be up there, and I'd be like, "Yeah, and this, that, and the other, this, that, and the other," but it wasn't like I was visibly having fun. Right. Right. That's good. Yeah. Well, we want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day just to hang out with us. And uh, so... Uh, where, can, where can anybody find you online? You guys, social media? Are you guys on Yeah, you can follow me on uh, pretty much everything Smitty B. That's S-C-H-M-I-T-T-Y-B, period. That's Instagram, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, I'm on all of that. Um, uh, the police yeah. report. <laughs> what? Instagram, Instagram, Facebook is uh, Erica Nicole Clark. Uh, Twitter is Comic Erica Clark. I couldn't get all the letters in. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and YouTube, Erica Nicole Clark or Erica Clark. It'll be on one of those. Cool. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, the last thing I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to do <laughs> is because uh, uh, we're wrapping up over. And this is the pops and the Rika John pops. Pops and the Regan. and the Pops and the Pops and the Look at this dude. Look at the top of his head! <laughs> Look at his lips! <laughs>